Our scripture this morning is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, 21 through 34. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true and given to us in love. All right. So um, we got my inhaler up here. I uh, was doing work on my house yesterday, and my asthma got bad, and so I lost my voice. Uh, it's here a little bit, so hopefully it'll last out, and if not, we got back up. So, um, uh, so yeah, um, we're going through Mark in reverse, the Gospel of Mark, uh, from the very end to the very beginning, and we've, we've hit the, the first section now. We're getting towards the end of the beginning of Mark, and uh, it's, uh, it's in the section of uh, who is Jesus. We're asking the question, who is Jesus? And before we dive in, um, imagine yourself walking in a packed town square, and on your left and your right, people are coming up to you um, and saying, hey, give us your attention. Look over here. Here is fun. Here is pleasure. Here is goodness. But actually, each voice that you encounter leads to your own murder. And as you're trying to make your way through it, everything's loud, distracting, discombobulating. You spot over in the corner a humble little old lady sitting down. And she says, um, she's crying out. You, no one can really hear her over the chaos of everything else. But she's crying out saying, how long, oh naive ones, will you continue loving being naive? How long will you love sin and hate true knowledge? I, wisdom, can save you from this place. This is the picture of the world that Proverbs 1, the chapter in the Bible, gives um, of our fallen, broken world. Um, do you think that's a good description of our world today? Do you think that might be a good description of your life? Um, throughout history, we've uh, been enticed by sin in a number of different ways. And today, more than ever, um, your attention is bought and sold by companies with ingenious algorithms that are designed to keep a human being attending to enticements for as long as possible. In the midst of that, uh, it feels like we're in the center of Times Square in New York City, um, but you live there all the time through technology. 
And so you see these ads, you see these videos, it says here is fun, here is pleasure, here is rest, watch these things. And, and the strategy in general works. Um, I looked up these numbers, the average American spends three hours a day on their phone, um, scrolling through enticements, and three hours a day on some sort of video streaming service like Netflix. If you add those together, that's pretty much all your free time is spent uh, looking at enticements. So our attention is our life experience, and we are losing the battle for it day by day. And in the midst of that, we struggle to find time to attend to the things we know matter way more, like the words and commands of God, the words of our spouse or children, the words of our best friends or teachers or our church family. So what power does Jesus have in a place like Times Square? In our passage this morning, uh, Jesus is addressing a large distracted, busy crowd. And uh, their attention is all over the place. It has people looking to be entertained to see a miracle. It has Pharisees looking to catch Jesus in a soundbite to use against him to bring him down. It's got skeptics and seekers looking to see, does Jesus really have something new or different to offer me? And it's got people probably passing by, going to work, uh, stopping just to see what all the fuss is about in this crowd. And to this distracted crowd, Jesus does something surprising. He tells parables. A parable is a concrete image or story that functions as a simile. Uh, Simile is this thing over here is like this thing. Um, It's a riddle of sorts. Uh, It appeals to your imagination Um, And Jesus doesn't give everybody the answers to these riddles. He says he tells parables, and for some people, their ears are open. And they hear and attend to it and want to probe further and follow Jesus and end up learning the secrets of the kingdom of God. Others hear and their ear is closed. Uh, The parable stops at the ear. They hear a a weird story. They're not, they're distracted, not attending to it. And they go on about their day a little confused. So this morning, we're looking at four short parables whose deeper meaning actually speaks to the crowd and to our divided attention. They give us resources to help us attend to the one voice that leads to life in the midst of thousands of voices that lead to our death. So the summary of the four parables is this. First parable, there's something hidden that will be revealed. Second parable, you must pay attention like your life depends on it. Third parable, if you do, my words will mysteriously grow inside of you. And fourth parable, they will build something bigger than you've ever imagined. So let me repeat that. First, there's something hidden here that will be revealed. Second, you must pay attention like your life depends on it. Third, if you do, my words will mysteriously grow inside of you. And fourth, they will build something bigger than you've ever imagined. Let's pray. Father, we are desperately enslaved to so many voices pulling us from you. Free us this morning. We have been lulled to sleep in our bondage to these things. Please wake us up. Help us this morning to renew our attention on you. Speak in a way we cannot forget. Amen. So first parable, there's something hidden here that will be revealed. Look with me in the passage at verse 21 here. He said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is implying in this parable that there's something hidden. 
that will inevitably come to light. So he, the concrete image is a lamp that's got fire in the middle of it. And obviously you wouldn't want to put a basket or anything else on top of that lamp. The whole point of it is to be exposed and to bring light to the entire room around it. And actually in the original language, um, it doesn't say, is a lamp brought? It says, does the lamp come? Does the lamp come? And when you're, if you're listening carefully, you realize the lamp that is, that is hidden for momentarily by a basket is actually Jesus, who in the midst of this crowd has his glorious presence hidden from, the, from this distracted, busy crowd. The Bible talks about his glorious nature not just as a lamp, but as something comparable to the sun. Um, and it says uh, that his glorious nature, in a sense, is eclipsed. Um, like the moon has come in front of the sun, is what Jesus is saying in this parable. And uh, if you've ever been in an eclipse, everything around you goes dark, uh, eerily dark in the middle of the day. And Jesus is saying, don't be fooled. Don't look up at that thing up there. Um, if you do, in just a few seconds, something is going to come out that was never meant to be hidden that's going to burn your eyes and blind you. The Bible says that when Jesus is revealed in his glory, we won't need a sun or a moon, but he will be our lamp. His glory will give us light. So in this crowd, uh, so those in the crowd hear that something's eclipsed, and those with ears to hear at this moment start leaning in. And we too come to church in the midst of an eclipse, where the lamp is under a basket, and we meet as a small group of people, not really noticed, by outsiders, doing these same humble, weird rhythms, eating bread, drinking juice, singing songs, talking about this old book together. And it can feel it sometimes like it's kind of trivial. Like, do we really need to go this week to church? Do we really need to obey these little commands of God? It can feel like a bore sometimes. It can feel like it's, it's a little outdated. Shouldn't we just change all this to make it more better fit in the world around us? But Jesus says, don't be fooled. There's something hidden here that will be revealed. It's momentarily eclipsed. But when he comes back and the world turns upside down, those little acts of obedience that you've taken are going to end up being the most important things you've ever done in your life. So there's something hidden here that will be revealed. Second parable, you must pay attention to it like your life depends on it. Look in verse 24. He said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given, and the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So the word measure here is the same word for basket in verse 21. They used baskets for measurements, the same basket that was covering the light. And so Jesus is giving a picture in the second parable, an image of him dispersing seed to others. And what he says is, I'll fill up the basket that you bring to me. If you come with a big basket, he says, I'll fill it up to the top and I'll add even more on top of it. He says, if you come with no basket, I will give you nothing and you will die of hunger. And the basket actually represents in this parable your attention. That's why he starts with pay attention to what you hear. So you can have a huge basket. You can come to his word, to a sermon, like a straight-A student sitting in the front of the classroom, pen out, paper in hand, laser-focused, tuning everything else out, listening as if it's the most important thing in the world, like your life depends on it. And Jesus says, I will fill your basket to the brim, and I'll pour more on top of that. 
says there's no limit to what you can bring. You bring a wagon, you can bring a truck, you can bring a silo. I will fill what you bring. But he also says you can sit in the back like a failing student and be chatting with your friends, texting on your phone, laughing, distracted, dismissing any words that are said up front. And Jesus says, I will give you nothing. You will die of hunger. Even what you have will be taken away. Now, this has nothing to do, just so you guys know, with where you're sitting in the room right now. Uh, those in the front, calm, calm down. Uh, it's more about, it has nothing to do about that, but everything to do with your attention this morning on Jesus' parables. Jesus is saying to the crowd and to us, on your attention lies your life and your death. So what size attention basket do you have this morning for these four parables of Jesus? Are you laser focused, bringing the biggest basket you got, fighting to not let any single word of scripture fall to the ground, but trying to consume every piece of it? Or are you distracted thinking about an Amazon order or what you're going to eat for lunch today? Or your emails or a cute classmate you sat next to on Friday. Jesus says, I will fill what you bring. And your life depends on you getting his words. So parable one, there's something hidden here that will be revealed. Two, you must pay attention to it like your life depends on it. And third, if you do, my words will mysteriously grow inside of you. Look in verse 26. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So Jesus distributes this seed into your basket in the last parable, but that's actually not the end of the story. It's seed. Throw it on the ground of your soul, go to bed, and slowly it sprouts and grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day it'll be acres of food for harvesting. Jesus emphasizes that this happens by itself, without us knowing how. While you sleep, if you attended well to his word. This reminded me of an episode of Rugrats. Uh, Rugrats is a cartoon show about a friend group of babies. Uh, one baby, Chucky, at one point swallows a watermelon seed on accident, eating a, eating a piece of watermelon. His grandfather jokes, well, it's going to grow a watermelon inside of you. So Chucky panics, and the, the friend ba- group of babies shrinks down and goes into his stomach to extract the seed. And when they get down there, the seed is sprouted. It's growing, twisting vines, going everywhere. The watermelon's growing bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually it explodes. And what Jesus is saying in this parable is that This morning, if you're attending these parables, you are swallowing seed. Over time, this will take root in your soul, grow vines more and more like an invasive species that will not eventually explode, but produce a harvest that will change your life and the lives of others around you. This is the sheer power of God's word by itself. If your ears are open this morning, maybe next week you won't be able to get out of your head that God fills the size basket that you bring. And so you might listen like you never have before to that sermon and get more out of the sermon as a result. And then the next week and the next week, more and more. And then soon you might start feeling like, gosh, I can't, it feels like forever before I get to community group where I can talk about the stuff that I'm, I'm hearing. I mean, stuff is blowing my mind and your heart feels moved to obey Jesus like ever before. And people in church start noticing you, listening in a different way and they start following your example saying, wow, he's getting so much out of this stuff. 
And then eventually it starts bubbling out of you. You can't help but talk about it with your neighbors. Jesus says this is the regular experience of someone who's eating the seed of his word. It's growing inside of you, producing fruit that's affecting your lives and the lives of people around you. So there's something hidden here that will be revealed. You must pay attention to it like your life depends on it. Three, if you do, my words will mysteriously grow inside of you. And last, it will be bigger than you've ever imagined. Look in verse 30 here. He said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So going with the spirit of Jesus' concrete images, this is a mustard seed. Let me get one out here. So there's a, a jar of mustard seeds. That's a mustard seed. I could be holding nothing right now, probably, and it'd be the same. These are mustard seeds. Let me clean those up, Andy. Don't worry. Um, mustard seeds were were thought of as the smallest seeds in the world to those who are listening to this parable. But if you throw it on the ground, years go by. You come back and it produces this. Do we have an image of the? It produces that. That is a mustard tree there. Way bigger than any garden seed that someone would plant. This mean, means that Jesus' words don't grow into a little vine, into a little fruit, maybe a watermelon, but they grow into a massive tree with branches big enough to give nests and shade to others. So the difference between the moment that you take in God's word, the mustard seed moment, and the impact on your life, Jesus is saying is as shocking as the first guy who dropped one of these on the ground, went away and came back to find that. A good proof of this parable is the life of St. Augustine. St. Augustine was an African man in the 4th century who um, was not a Christian until his 30s, until he, he wandered into a sermon taught by a guy named Ambrose. And something in the sermon kind of stuck with him. He left feeling a little different, uh, like he consumed something weird. And then he, he walks by some kids singing a song, just playing a game. And the song goes, uh, tole lege, tole lege, which means, means pick up and read, pick up and read. And so he feels like something's invaded him, like he needs to pick up and read the Bible based on the sermon and then the song. And there's something hidden that was going to be revealed is actually God was behind those moments powerfully when he heard that sermon and heard that song. And then he opens the Bible to Romans 13. He comes with a big basket because he feels God's presence drawing him there. And he reads this. Not in caressing or drunkenness, not in sexual excess or lust, not in quarreling or jealousy, rather put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said he felt his heart was flooded with light. Jesus, the lamp, was revealed to him, the eclipsed sun. And in that small mustard seed of a moment, the kingdom of God in him sprouted. And over time, he couldn't help but turn from the sin in his life and he studied, he became a monk, he preached, he wrote books. And then 1,700 years later, what happened to that seed? My church history professor says no one's had bigger impact 
on the church besides Jesus and Paul than St. Augustine. Everything we know about theology was touched by this black man from North Africa. How you understand the sacraments, your own sin, God's love, grace, faith and reason going together. Even the reformation of the church would not have happened without this man. Martin Luther was an Augustinian monk. Where do you think he got all those ideas? We all rest in Augustine's shade and the kingdom of God in his life. And it all started with a mustard seed going to one sermon and hearing a kid's song. So not all of us in here will have the impact on theology that Augustine had, but the exact same seed is scattered at your feet when you read the Bible, when you come to a sermon, when you meditate on God's word. Jesus is saying, don't overlook it. Don't walk by it. Don't step on it. Don't forget about it. His words to you, if you attend to them, if you swallow them, though seemingly small, have the same power to bring shade, the same impact on those around you, to block out evil and sin and brokenness, to restore things the way they're meant to be, to make all things new in your life. The same power that St. Augustine had. Don't forget that nine sentences in the Bible in Genesis 1 brought everything you've ever seen and known into existence. Nine sentences. Let me tell you, your Bible's got way more than nine sentences in it. And Jesus is saying, if you swallow this seed, do not underestimate the the size of impact it's going to have. And so when you sit in your seat and listening now to these parables, do you realize the power that's at your fingertips if you put this seed in your mouth? So these four parables all together help us attend to Jesus. And let me tell you this morning, I really struggle with this. Um, I am both a victim and an accomplice uh, to the powers that work in our world to keep our attention on anything else. And one thing I've realized is that my willpower and our willpower alone is not going to be enough to fight these forces. So what can give us the power we need? Something was planted um, a little time after Jesus gave these, these parables that cannot be undone. A seemingly crazy poor criminal was tortured and put to death in 33 A.D., Smallest mustard seed of a moment. His small band of followers gave up on this, on this now failure of a man. Three days later, they come to his tomb and it's empty. People say they saw him. He sprouted. He's alive and well. Declaring a new era of world history. One in which death is defeated. Sins are forgiven and all authority in heaven on earth are given to this mustard seed guy. He can give us shade from your sin and your shame. And 2,000 years later, what? We've reset our calendar. A third of the world say they follow this random mustard seed of a guy who's alive and well, who indwells their bodies, unplugs our ears, gives us the ability to attend to his word and to make trees that produce fruit for ourselves and for the lives of those around us. But it's not even close to what it will be. We're going to be in a renewed world, a renewed universe, a renewed us, unable to sin, living with our maker. So when you go out into the world of enticements this week that draw you away from the commands of Jesus, ask him to give you power to attend to his words. Because there's something hidden in there that will be revealed. You must pay attention to it like your life depends on it. If you do, his words will mysteriously grow inside of you and they will build something bigger than you've ever imagined. Is that not reason enough to listen to him well? 
Let's pray for Jesus to give us strength to attend to his words this week. Father, we uh, need you desperately, Lord. We are um, victims and accomplices to a sinful world, a broken world that wants to make money off of our attention. Um, Lord, in our our own hearts, draw us towards sin rather than towards you. Um, So Jesus, you've given us a lot of resources this morning, these parables, things to remember and think about. And would you help us to bring as big of baskets as we can this week um, to you and to your commands. And will we live those out, swallow the seed and see it bear fruit in our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.